Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows VR training platforms like ForgeFX help students master their skills. There's a big learning curve with welding. Virtual reality simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. You've reached the Murder Between Friends podcast with Sherilyn Dale and Gavin Fish. Please stay on the line. This week's episode starts in three, two, one. Well, thanks for being here, Jenny. Thanks Thank for being here. Thank you, guys. I'm so glad. I know Gavin's been sure trying. It's Carreri. 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 It's so beautiful. Oh, beautiful. thanks. My husband's carrier with an I. So it's like airline carrier. I want to try to spell it. Everybody gets confused. Carrier with an I. So, yeah, Carreri. <laughs> Carrier with an eye. Okay, perfect. Now I know. I I wrote it down not well either. He's Italian, you said, right? Yes. From near here. He's from Altoona, Pennsylvania, near kind of there. We were talking a little bit, Gavin. Um, Yeah, he's pretty close to where I am. Mm -hmm. Oh, cool. Yeah. I've never known anybody from Pennsylvania until Gavin. Oh, my gosh. I feel like everybody, like, there's so many places in Pennsylvania. Like, you ask somebody, there's, like, there's, it just seems like it just goes on and on. And where, it, where I'm were not you? really a Pennsylvania. <laughs> yeah, you you weren't you weren't born and raised. Yeah, and yeah. Jenny, where were you born? You you obviously you weren't in Pennsylvania, right? No. So my my dad was in the Marines. So at, at that time, my parents were in Virginia. So my my twin and I were Jody were born in Georgetown, and I guess you call it DC Georgetown Hospital. Most of our life, we lived okay. in Annapolis, where. They were in Virginia, North Carolina, where it was military bases. And then uh, then we went to um, Annapolis. Was your dad like a, in the JAG Corps? He was a lawyer, right? Yes. Yep. Yes. He was a prosecutor. So he was the only child from Nashville. Um, his mom was a teacher and he was very, very smart. And, you know, he he got into like really good schools, but he wanted to go to the Naval Academy and his parents did not want him to go, but he, he said, I'm going, that's where he wanted to go. And then he ended up going to do, to get his graduate degree at George, I think it was George Washington and then went to Vanderbilt to get his law degree. So yeah, much, he, he was very, he did very well with all his schooling and um, his, his mother actually was worried about him in law school. So she actually went to Vanderbilt with him. Like, <laughs> so she could help him if he needed help. But yeah, it was crazy stories. Yeah. Yeah. Oh so my it, so, yeah, gosh, I know. Can I you imagine? Know. Let me just go get my law degree. So she just wanted to be there in case he needed help. You know, it was the only child, you know, when you have more than one, they, one gets lost, a couple get lost. <laughs> but yeah, she was, they were oh, like, we would go down, gosh. we would drive in the station wagon from Maryland to Tennessee every summer. And our vacation was in her garage school for like a week. Like she was very like, just, oh my gosh, like, cause she was a teacher and it was just, there, but unfortunately, Jody and I just didn't like. We like crashed and burned. Uh, my oldest sister, so I have two older sisters. <laughs> they 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 were fairly. They did pretty well with you know schooling. And um, my my oldest sister, 
uh, got her PhD in Oxford. So she was like over the top genius. And um, Jody and I were like in rehab at the time. So it was like this like total, like <laughs> crazy. Yeah. So we, we didn't, unfortunately, I, we got the wrong genes. So, <laughs> but um, all going yeah. through your different experiences, <laughs> right? Yeah. I wish it was. I yeah, always but, find that yeah. fascinating that, yeah, that people from the same family can have such radically different experiences. Oh, I know. You, I mean, you, you probably see it you share most of the same too. genetic makeup. Yeah. Raised right. by the same people and yeah and i think that's yeah. really important things. also to to point out right because like you mentioned um you and jody were in rehab at that point in your mm -hmm. life you've been open with your, your guys's struggle with substance abuse at a young age like in your mm -hmm. teens and how you were masking that from different traumas in your life and i think it's so important for people to recognize that addiction has no bounds no limits it doesn't mm -hmm. judge based on gender social status mm -hmm. your parents like and i think that there's such a misconception to that so i do I, I love hearing from you know quote unquote everyday all american families and peoples who this gets a hold of right because it's, it's there incredible. needs to be that normal conversation of, of, well, of this breaking the stigma absolutely because i feel like in one way or another it affects all, I, I want to say like most families, whether it's like an uncle, a cousin, a child, or, you know, I mean, when we were in Absolutely. Annapolis, my dad, what we had, we had a family intervention and put him because he was a bad, you know, alcoholic as well. I mean, Jody and I were in elementary school and, and there's, you know, it's like, as you get older, <sighs> sorry, <laughs> I don't know where that no. came you just block a lot out, okay, you know, and, um, you know, we had an intervention and put my dad in rehab and it was very like hush hush, like nobody could know. It was like, even his family couldn't know and we would have to go up. So he was in Bethesda Naval Hospital and we would have to go up there and like call his mom, call his family and pretend like we were all home and we were in elementary school, like, you know, and it was like, we're in this small oh, town wow. and nobody could know. So it was like a lot of like, just trying to like cover everything up. And then when my sister and I, you know, we started drinking like his alcohol when we were, when he, you know, we started drinking again when he got out, not, not you know, not long after. And, um, you know, and then we started just bar down our just destructive path and, and our parents trying to like cover all that up. And it was just, you know, and so for a lo so long in my life, like I just, I covered up, you know, a lot of my struggles, you know, and, and, you know, would go, was going into 12 step meetings and like, even in different places that I lived, I was so ashamed and I would like hide and I would just, you know, be so, and then I was like, I'm so tired of living like this. You know, it's like, it, I, right. it, I, if I, you know, first of all, I need to, like, I, ca I can't live like this anymore. And then if I, and then I noticed when I started being opening, open about things, like I was helping other people, like people reaching out to me privately, you know, like struggling with the bulimia and just like everything, you know, and it's like, I still struggle. Like, I'm like, why can't I get it right? <laughs> you know, one day. Right. Okay. So sorry to be so emotional. No, my gosh, don't be sorry. When you were, when you and Jody were in well, leading up to rehab, I guess. I'm wondering if that experience where you were on the other side of it, helping or trying to help your dad, even though it was at a time where you were trying to cover up everything. I'm wondering if that helped you to understand that maybe he understood what it was that you were struggling with and want, wanted to be more helpful. I mean, was having that, I guess, that 
that circle or that reflection, the same struggle that your dad had was a struggle that you and Jody had. Did that help at all as you were trying to, I guess, for navigate him, through that? Help for him. I mean, I feel like it was so well, help for any of you. I, I feel like, you know, my two older sisters were gone and it was basically my mom and dad and Jody and I and and, you know, they started young like it was my I feel like my mom was just trying to handle all of us you know my dad had started drinking again and he also was took pills like valium and um you know but like i think they tried like they had us go into a psychiatrist and counseling and drug groups and you know at that time he was at the state's attorney's office i mean that's why you know he would he would drink half the night and go in and prosecute criminals you know and it was just like how he could function like that was just i mean but a lot of people do for uh, you know a long period of time but you know they had lost control yeah. of us i mean i feel like uh, i mean i feel like my dad was the greatest man on earth you know i mean even with his struggles he was like the kindest the hum you know most humble i mean he just taught me so much like he just inside he struggled you know you could just see it like he wasn't and when he was young he was out apparently like partying in the Marine Corps and all that, but he just, he would just go hide in his room and just drink, like drink all night. And it just separated my mom and dad. Like all I ever knew was they had separate bedrooms and, and it was like, they were trying, my dad was trying, they had put us in this, we weren't Catholic. We didn't go to church. Um, uh, you know, I wish, I mean, that's just a whole nother <laughs> subject, but they put us in a Catholic school because they thought, well, that'll like maybe help them. So he was like trying to like grasp, he was signing us up at programs at the state's attorney's office, but it was just like so out of control. And um, like, then we were going to a psychiatrist as a family and she kind of like let go of us because she was like, I can't help you guys. So it was just, I feel like it was just right. so out of control. Just, you know, I don't know how my mom did it. Like, I mean, I still like, just trying to like, you know, being married to somebody that's an addict or, you know, alcoholic and then having your kids, like, I mean, it's, it's tough. I mean, just, just living normally without, or stressing about bills and getting your kids to school. Like that's true. 100%. Absolutely. Yeah. It's crazy when you kind of step back and see that from a different lens, right? As yes. you get older, have your own family and yeah. Did I answer? I don't know if I answered the question. So I feel like, I don't know. I feel like he was, I feel like he was so down deep in his own struggles. It was like, he was trying, but it was like, he couldn't even help himself. Um, right. You know, he was trying, like he was very coming from that history that I told you about the schooling. I mean, that was like, he was very like, like very much like we, we, Jody and I didn't care about school. We just wanted to drink and do drugs and do whatever. And, um, and he was like, when we were in the rehab, they had us do our, to height our exams and rehab is like graduate and rehab. Like they just wanted to make sure we were, that was like really important to them as like the schooling, you know, but, um, I don't, oh, wow. I, yeah. Thinking about, I guess, I mean, they wanted us to be better. I mean, it was more like we wouldn't come home at night. So my mom and dad were up all night. You know what I mean? Like, I mean, my dad too, but he was always intoxicated, you know? So, you know, right. but when I was a little girl, I remember um, just sitting at the window every night just because my mom would tell us like, we're, you know, because he at that point he was working in D.C. Um, before he went with the state's attorney's office in Annapolis. And she's like, you know, he's drinking and, and I'm worried about him coming home. And I remember like just young, just like sitting at the window, just crying like, oh, my God, please let my dad come home, you know, like just terrified. Oh, my so, gosh. Yeah. Wow. 
That's pretty sad. One of the things that you said was actually pretty beautiful. I think that throughout all this, your dad is, your dad is somebody who you love, you admire, respect. He's, he's somebody. I mean, I've been criticized by like, like uh, true by, you know, people are saying, why are you talking about your dad? But I'm like, I'm not talking about it in in, in a negative way. Like, I think he's the greatest man on the planet ever. Yeah. I mean, he passed away in 2007, but like literally like, I mean, just he was so like, it was just sad to see him so sad, you know, but you know, you wouldn't, you wouldn't know it. You see it now. Like, I mean, there's days that I struggle a a lot, like with my anxiety and different things. And it's like, I can be crying and then go in some, like go into work or go somewhere and just, you know, just put a smile on your face and you're just like, you know, like I've been crying for an hour this morning, you know, you you, like, people don't know what's going on, but like we could see it like, and, um, you know, we would go, like, we'd go, you know, well, different times, you know, before he was putting us in the programs, like to the state's attorney's office, because he, he was, you know, we were the twins, we were identical, we were young, we were cute. My, my dad, you know, come see us after, you know, come in here. And so we'd go see him. And the first place he'd take us was like to the cafeteria to meet his friends that were working in the cafeteria, you know, like he was just so like, he just treated everybody like the same. And it was just, I, yeah. I don't know, it just taught me so much, like, he just he just cared about everybody. I mean, the, the 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 day of Jody's funeral, I remember him sitting on his couch and like reaching out to one of his coworkers for somebody was like ill in the family, like just sitting like he just always was like out of himself thinking about he just had this heart, you know, and it was just and just so like he just touched a lot of people's lives like and, and, and just to see that he was just just so so much turmoil inside was like, that's what he was like covering up everything, you know? Right. Which is usually what it is, right? Like you're, you're masking something and trying to stay strong. Yeah. Again, kind of circles back to the. Yeah. And sometimes like, we don't know, like I wake up, I mean, I mean, I think a lot of, you know, I mean, there's, everybody goes through a lot of different things in their life and like how they handle it. And, and I think some people, maybe have like more struggles than others. I don't know. I mean, like for me, like, like I have like this debilitating anxiety that I've had since I was 19. And I, you know, I've been trying to like cope with what cope with it in every way possible. And it's like, I can wake up and I'm like terrified. I'm like terrified to leave my house. I mean, I've been on medication. I've medicated myself with benzos. Like I've done everything, you know, and it's like, and, and people are like, why are you anxious? And it's just like, I don't know. I don't know. I'm like, ah, yeah. you know, no, sometimes very relatable. The same you for understand me. That. Yeah. 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 And it oh, absolutely. Of, yeah. Yeah. And, and I, I get frustrated. And like, you can't explain it. Right. No. Yeah. I mean, I feel like some people just have it really bad, you know, and, and I feel like it kind of comes in waves too, where it's, yeah, it can definitely um, just take over. I mean, I, I I tell my husband, I'm like, I feel like you live with a handicapped person, <laughs> you know, because he's just like, oh, I mean, gosh, I'm just, yeah. I feel like seriously, like, I mean, like, I, I mean, like, just, I feel like that sometimes, like, I'm just like, I can't, I can't function sometimes. I mean, I do, but I don't know yeah. that I'm doing it well, you know? <laughs> so Right, right. Um, when I, I watched your interview on oxygen, so you were taught, oh, you, you obviously so. spoke about, yeah, you obviously spoke about um, your experience with Jody at rehab and how it, is it true that it took, you kind of took more to it? it? It did more for you. And then when you got out... Uh, Uh, Jody wasn't quite there yet. Mm -hmm. So, 
it, being in there, it really woke me up to see, I mean, I was really able to look back on it, it actually seeing the way my father's life was. I, I was just so sad. Like that really helped me to think like, I have got, like, I don't, I, I got to get my life together. And, um, that's really like, I clung on to that. And, and so I, you know, made a decision when I got out of there, we had both run away. I was in there for nine months and she was in there for like five or six months. Like we, like I said, we had both run away. I got brought back. And then when we turned 18, um, she had run away. And so my parents, cause she was 18, didn't bring her back, but, um, she had started drinking right away. And, um, yeah, I just decided, I mean, but you know, then again, taking, um, just taking the alcohol and drugs away. It's you're, you're, you're still a sick person, you know? So it was, it took me a long time to, to understand that. And cause you know, then I started going to other things to try to like, right. Make, make it to mask. Right. Like you're, yeah. you're constantly, yeah, yeah. You're constantly like kind of putting band-aids over now in terms of like timeline, how long was it from that experience at rehab until Jody's murder. So she, so we, it's so 18, 19. So she was murdered in 23. So when we were 23, so it was not 20, 21, 22, 24, four years, four and a half, five. And we were separated. That was the first time ever we were separated. I I think I shared that in the show you watched. Um, We couldn't even look at each other. It was like a very strict, like just take it, you know, and it was just, shocking because like we were like the i mean just every minute together like shared the same room the same friends like you know we were we weren't we weren't two people it was people you know the twins are coming over we're going to the twins out like it was it was just a shock in so many ways to just be separated so and then so for all were those you, many months, purposefully separated from one another they separated were, us yeah I mean, is that something they, they us, decided to do no no they ripped us apart i mean just took us apart from each other mm-hmm. wow yeah. oh who my did? gosh i can't even imagine yeah who, who did that the, the treatment program they considered for for whatever reason they considered us druggy sisters so we couldn't even be near each other first i guess i don't know what they're i mean a lot of stuff that they did was mm-hmm. I mean, as, as I got a lot of good, but there was also a lot of um, bizarre stuff there that, you know, like when I left there, I, I was literally thought I was going to die because they're like, if you don't finish this two year program, you're going to die. you got to finish these phases. But it was just it, it got it was like it was very intense. Um, it, it sounds was, so intense. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It was, it was very, they carried you around by your belt loop to the car. Like they would hold on to you so you wouldn't run away. Yeah. That's how you were like, you were like, like animals, I guess, you know, like, um, like taking you to and from the car and you stayed other people's houses, which was locked up and you couldn't, I mean, it was a very sheltered scare, like for nine months. I mean, even though I got a lot out of it, it was, there was, there was, there was, there was that part to it too. You know, when I left, I was absolutely right. Well, and it literally just goes to show how, in a sense, you, you literally had two of the the same person and how it affected you two so differently, right? Mm -hmm. Like Jody, it was, I mean, it's no wonder why she would be so closed off and trying to get out of that situation and I can't even imagine what that trauma would have done being separated from me I mean I can understand how 
in terms of being like, okay, if you guys are each other's crutch and you're on, in this addiction together, we need to kind of like break that up a bit. But it's almost like you still need to have tools of being able to be together. You are twins. You are literally one in the mm-hmm. same. And you need to learn how to get through that together because when you leave, you're going to be back together, right? Like, so it's like you need to have this new life when right. you leave. Oh That's just, God. wow. I'm just, I'm kind of well, I, I can flabbergasted see I mean, right now. I'm thinking about Amanda and Danielle Winkowski, for example. These are right. Amanda was a victim of a, of a murder, and Danielle and Amanda were um, addicted to heroin, and they did a lot of stuff together in order to to get, you know, heroin. And so I I can see why a treatment system would say, you know, what you guys need to be separated because you're only you're only bringing each other down. I can totally see that. But at the same time, like what you just said, Sherilyn. You girls are are one unit, right? You're one cohesive unit, and being broken apart like that for the very first time that had to be terribly that had to be terrifying, is what it had to be. And shocking, mm-hmm. not knowing. You know, my parents said we're go. You know, they put us in the car and they said we're going to the best psychiatrist in D.C. And then to find out you're in a two year treatment program. I mean, there were so many, so many aspects of it that was just shocking. You know, just, um, just. Yeah, it was definitely. Um, so they put you in the car under false pretenses, said we're yes. going to do this one thing, and then they dropped yes. you off. And, yeah. We had brought, got brought home by the police. Then It was the night or two nights before. It was like four in the morning. Like We had gotten picked up by the police. And um, my dad, you know, with being the prosecu- prosecutor in a small town, he knew the police officers. And so it was just like one thing after another. And, and somebody, you know, they were just trying different uh, different things and they were like, we got to lock them up. We got to put them somewhere. You know, they need help. And, um, so that was, uh, it was in Springfield, Virginia. So yeah, so she wow. ran away. It's interesting. We both ran away. Somehow we got, it's crazy. I like, I'm not sure how she did it. If I even remember, but you know, you're at these people's houses. I think, I think, um, it was me and a couple of girls that kind of got loose from the hand buckle. I don't know how somehow we ran away and we like hitchhiked. We ended up in ocean city, Maryland. And, um, when I ran away and then I found out later when Jody ran away, that's the same place she ended up too. So yeah, without speaking or anything, it was crazy oh that we gosh. ended up. Yeah. And then she, eventually, wow. Yeah. Yeah. So we were in the same place, but I got brought back cause I was still 17. And then my, um, parents, then she, then she moved to Baltimore and after, she, you know, she was in ocean city for a while and then went to Baltimore why I stayed there for okay and so, so I, how I'm... okay so you stayed there so you you were living in separate places after all of the like was it was it so, those four years were you guys more apart we were, or how, yes. how did that play out so what happened was she ended up going to Baltimore and I and I think that was in October and I stayed through February I think it was through February and my parents finally like kidnapped me out of there like they were like because it was a parent program they were involved and they would bring them up and have like therapy groups all that and they kind of bailed out of that and then they were just like you know it's like the way it is is like you can't when you finally get to a certain phase you can come to your family but with your with other kids in the program, but you're not allowed to say you don't like the pro, you know, it's just like, you're not allowed to talk about anything. But finally, like I, right. my parents and I had a conversation when I was there one night and they, we were like, we got to get you out of here. And, and so, so I was at home, but in the meantime, I had started 
dating the staff member in the rehab. So, and my parents had like heard of him and, and were like, he's a drug dealer. You got to get away from him. So my mom was, her, her family had retired. Her parents had retired in Wyoming at the time in like seventies, eighty, like late seventies, eighties. Um, they had been there for a while and her brother sadly had a brain tumor and he was dying. He was like in his like like four, he was like 40, he was young. And so my oh, parents wow. were like, okay, we got to get her away from him. And my mom was going out to spend time with him in Wyoming. So we are driving, my dad and I are driving my mom to the airport. Meanwhile, Jody was in Baltimore and they said, and this wasn't long after the program that, you know, that I got out and they said, um, we're taking you. We got to the airport and they handed me a ticket and my bag. They had like packed my bag. They're like, you're going to, you're going to a dude ranch. We're getting you away from this guy. So they, 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 they continued to separate. So yeah. So I ended up in Wyoming. I mean, I just, just, just interjecting here for one second and circling back to why you probably have anxiety about leaving your house. Jenny yeah. is very understandable. <laughs> okay. Every time you left your house at these traumatic, <laughs> you were going somewhere. You don't know where you're going. Okay. I never, so, I never yeah. thought about it like that, but that's a good, yeah. It was very upsetting, very upsetting. You know, and I feel I like I can imagine. Yeah, yeah. So it was just getting thrown in this, you know. But the the how long did you spend out in on, Wyoming? For so probably almost. So I guess that was probably like March. I got out February, March, April. Like I got out there like March, early April. At the timeline probably about nine months. So I worked. I stayed on this dude ranch. Well, wait a minute. I don't, it wasn't out there. I was, I, cause then I moved, then I went to California after that. So I was, that's what I was telling you about. I went to California. So probably about five or six months, like March, April, May, June, July, August, September, maybe like five, six months, but it, it actually turned okay. out to be an incredible experience. So being, oh, so I was a cabin girl, just waitressing. And, and I just, I, and there was people from all like kids from all over the world. And it's crazy. Like I worked with this kid from Great Britain and, um, like, I mean, I don't know why it's emotional. They, they were, it was, it was a really good experience for me. And, um, you know, I was so lost and, um, I just, I met these kids. They were, they were incredible. And I did this, um, CBS morning show. They interviewed about Jody's case and, um, I get this text. I mean, this is like from when I was like 19, 18, 19, that I met him, Edward from, from England. And he texted me and he said, I, he said, I just saw you on CBS morning. Like I hadn't talked to him and like, since, Wyoming, Aww. you know, and it was like, oh my gosh. So, um, that was like a really like good place for me to be, but I was still so lost, you know, without Jody. And, right. and so Jody had, had gotten like back into her drinking and I was really, I was afraid. I was afraid that I couldn't handle it. So I said, I had cousins in California and I said, I said, look, I'm just going to stay out here a little bit longer. And, um, I mean, Jody and I still talk, you know, we had the landlines, we still talked on the phone, we wrote notes, you know, we were still like close, but you know, we had been separated, you know, and, and I was just, right. I was yeah. so afraid of just going back to that. Like she was functioning, she was living with her, her boyfriend, Steve, but I thought, I, I don't know if I can do this. So I convinced my parents to let me go to California and live with my cousin. So I started, so then I started to go, you know, go to school and, and work out there. But I, you know, I failed miserably at everything out there. Um, but you know, meanwhile, I was like 
kind of like crashing and burning out there. And, but I wasn't drinking. Like I had started taking like pills for my anxiety. I started going to all these doctors and I'd met this guy when I got out there. And, um, cause I started to go to, you know, my 12 step meetings. Cause I was like, I, I didn't think I was like, I'm not an alcoholic. Like I just, I, I need to like, just not drink or do drugs, you know? So it was like, I was trying to live my life, but I was still such a wreck, you know, inside. And so I met this guy at a meeting and it turns out he was like a, a, a terrible crack addict, you know, and me being me like moved him in with me. Cause like, I, you know, I felt sorry for him. So I went through like two years of like trying to save his life, you know, where he was like out on the streets oh, in yeah. California or like Los Angeles. And I would like, he would take my car or, you know, or he would just leave, like somebody pick him up. And I would like go searching for him, like in these alleys, like try to go find him. Like it was like my next addiction was him. And it was very like wow. terrible, like, ter like, I can't even like, that's like when I started waking up with these like devastating panic attacks. Like I, I was like, and, and started like medicating myself again, but like that whole period was just terrible. And, you know, and I, I would come home and, and it got to the point where I, like, I came home to visit, like I was racking myself up in debt too. It was just like, I was out of control. Like I was just fly home to see Jody, right. spend time with her. And I was able, like, I wasn't drinking. Like I, I was able to do it. Like I was with her and then I was like trying to help her, you know? So it was like, I became this person like, and, um, so, and, and my parents, there was, it got to, but they won't admit to this, but like, cause they like to deny, you know? Um, but like they, they were so fed up with like everything I was doing. Like they they didn't, they didn't even want to see me. Like they were like, like at that moment, you know, because it was like, I'm living with this crack addict. I dropped out of my classes. I was just, you know, it was just terrible. Like I was in all this debt and, and, and I came home to see Jody and, um, and they were like, yeah, we, they, they didn't want to see me this time. Like I was devastated. And Jody and I went out one night wow. with her, you know, her boyfriend was there and I don't, he didn't like it when I came and we would go out like, and, um, so we stayed out like till like four in the morning and I came home and he's like screaming at me. He's like, you get out like her boyfriend. Like, so it was like all of a sudden, like my, everything. <sighs> my heart sorry don't say sorry jenny you don't need to apologize no this is tough stuff <laughs> i um i went back to california and um i was literally like out of my mind and i checked myself into a hospital for two weeks and um and it was like I just, I just wanted to die. Like I couldn't, there was just so much, I mean, just so much that was going on out there, things that I was doing. And I was just, I was just a disgusting human being. And, um, I just, I checked myself in a hospital and, um, so I was there two weeks. And, um, meanwhile, this is my crazy, I'd like, on one, one of this, this, I think it was on the trip out there to see Jody. I, I had gotten away from the crack addict. I mean, the family had like, tried to like keep me because they thought I was going to be the only one that was going to save him. And I finally got away and I was oh, wow. 
girls. We were living in Huntington Beach. We were living in, I had moved around a lot. And, um, and so I, I'd met this guy on the plane that I was sitting next to. So he was my next uh, victim or whatever, whatever, not victim. I was his next victim. Oh um, so <laughs> yes, other way around. <laughs> like, um, so he was my new, you know, I ended up getting engaged to him, but like, you know, I found out he was like sleeping. It was with your prostitute. project. No the project. Was, yeah. Yeah. My project. It was I mean, your I project. Should, yeah. So anyway, so I'm like with him and we like, I end up like living with him and, um, you know, I got out of the hospital, but I mean, the bottom line is I, I jumped into my 12 step program cause I had like danced around it and, and I really got like serious with working on myself. And, um, I mean the whole relationship thing was a nightmare, but dealing with him with, you know, everything I was finding out. And so it was still, you know, in my family, like I, I started to have like a, I mean, I never had a terrible, my family like always were there for me. I didn't mean to say it, it was just like, they were so disgusted you know. with everything. And, and, you know, I was very close with my family and it was in that and it, moment that time, they, had, they had had a hard they time. Were upset, they were upset. Yeah. And, um, so Jody, um, but I mean, she had gotten really bad. It was like, we were both crumbling down in our own ways, you know, and hers with the drinking. And, um, so she, like at that point, like she had been in detox, like she had, uh, she had done several different, she'd done like a program, like a short stent at a, a treatment program. And she was really struggling. And I knew, you know, those last couple months, um, you know, we would talk and it was, I was, I was worried sick about her. You know, I didn't have a lot of money, but, and I knew she didn't, I mean, she was living with her boyfriend. And I remember like, I'd send her like $20 in the mail or, you know, something like I was just trying like any way, like I could help her. And, um, right. and I think my parents felt safe because if this sounds kind of dysfunctional <laughs> like she was in a house like with her boyfriend even though she wasn't out on the streets you know i mean just from a lot of the stuff right. we had done and everything it was like they i feel like they could sleep at night then because she wasn't she had a home right yeah, yeah. yeah. she had there, a, yeah there's right. a place that she would be yeah she could yeah. go to let, and, let me tell and, you what's inspirational so much about your story though like through all this tragedy and this uh, struggle and the suffering and all that, you, it seems like everybody involved is wanting to fix it, right? From your mom and dad trying to fix your dad to you trying to fix you, your boyfriends, your, your sister trying to fix herself. You were all searching for the answer for the, the fix. Mm -hmm. You, it, it seems to me like you're all aware there's a problem right. here. And, and that, that in and of itself is terrific because very few of us are that self-aware, but then beyond that, not only are you self-aware, but you're trying to find a solution to the problems that you have. That's super inspirational to a guy like me. I, um, oh. I, I don't talk about this very often, but I think that many of us struggle with lots of different things, depression, anxiety, mm -hmm. suicidal tendencies, yes. alcoholism, stuff like that. Most of us keep it inside. Most of yes. us we struggle alone. We struggle alone. It's terrible. And, um, it's terrible. With, with you guys, it it's inspirational that as a family, you continue to try to find solutions to the, to the problems yes. that you're facing. I think that's... And it's hard. I feel like I think it's actually a beautiful thing to see. Yeah, I agree. Oh, I like I like that 
I was just thinking as you're talking, I'm like, this is like a therapy session. I was like, that's very interesting. I've never heard that before about like, I mean, that's, that's very, yeah. Like I've never, I've never looked at it like that or heard it like that. Um, but and I, were you when, Oh, sorry. No, go ahead, Jenny. I was just, I was just going to say, I feel like it's hard because it's hard to share about, I feel like some people take it. Like I have somebody um, I'll say out loud that, you know, it was always like, well, just snap out of it, be grateful. Like, and it's like, I, I feel like, I mean, I wake up on a daily basis and I, I, I like, I'm overwhelmed with gratitude. Like I always say, I'm the luckiest girl in the world, you know, but it's like, it's hard when they, when you see so much suffering, but it's like, when you say like you're suffering, but it's, it's not like I'm, I'm just suffering inside, like that inside, like I can't, I can't turn it off. Like, I feel like it's, it's, it's the, like you're talking about the anxiety and the depression and the thoughts. And, and it's just, it, that's, you know, it, I feel like sometimes it's hard for people that don't experience it to, to understand that, you know, like, Oh, just, you know, just be grateful. Like, you know, like it, that yeah. that's hard because well, and there well, are and those you people, have such I also a, think there's, th- yeah, I, I also mm-hmm. think there are a lot of people who do empathize because they do feel it, but they don't ever say it out loud. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's what I yeah. think. I think uh, th- I I'm not discounting that, yeah. what you're saying. There are people that are like, "Hey, snap out of it!" You know, you've got to be able to, mm-hmm. you know, just just put it away. There are those people. What you're saying is absolutely accurate. But I also think that there is probably a silent majority who have yeah. ideated, or they've self harmed, or mm-hmm. you know, they've done all sorts of things and don't say it ever out loud. Right. right. Yes. Yeah. Well, and I mean, there's also, you, you have a huge, uh, uh, additional component to all of this trauma and struggles of trying to like drop, you know, like we've, we've kind of touched on the addiction and, 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 and traumas of like getting kind of blindsided and doing things and fixing people. But now this makes a lot of sense actually to me about how you, you know, like you are tenacious, like you, you don't give up. You, you've, you've, you're on a mission, you've got to focus and you do not have an answer to, you know, something that would eat at me every single moment of my life. Mm -hmm. Uh, What happened to your sister? You know, like your, your sister is no longer here. It's so much easier said than done to be like, Oh, you know, just be grateful. You have a great life. And yeah, how do you appreciate those things to the fullest extent when you're feeling like you're in the trenches all the time mm-hmm. trying to get answers, you know, to something that needs to give you peace? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yes, definitely. That's, and I think that's that, like for our viewers and listeners sake, let, let me, if I can, um, Jody was shot to death in a parking lot, mm-hmm. like in the early morning hours around uh, in Maryland, March. in, in yeah, Baltimore, yeah. right? Around Baltimore. Yes, and, yes. Uh, on my parents' this day, anniversary. Yeah. On your parents' oh, wow. wedding anniversary. Yeah. Oh, my yeah, gosh. I was on and their wedding day, yeah. There's no, nobody knows who did it. And the, it's not the worst part of it, but to add, to pile on to this injury that had happened to your sister who died senselessly being shot in the back, sitting in her car. It seems like 
the authorities are extremely secretive about everything. Mm-hmm. I mean, you've fought with them for That's years it. now, just trying to yes. find answers. Definitely. Since, yeah, I mean, I, I didn't, I couldn't function for a couple of years. I mean, I literally talk about like anxiety. I could not be sitting in a room by myself for a couple of years. Like I was literally a basket case. And I, I you know, my, I said, my parents always had separate bedrooms. Like I slept with my mother for a couple of years. Like I came home from California and I was just beyond like just basket case, if I could say. Um, but yeah, so it was my father, you know, being the prosecutor in Anne Arundel County who, who like was like what I had told you about, he was such a gentleman. Like he was the one that was dealing with them. He never would have questioned them. He never would have thought anything bad. You know, he just, so he was the one that handled them and it was, you know, and then he got sick with non-Hodgkin's lymphoma. So then our focus became on him. He actually, he and I used to go to our 12 step meetings together. So it was a really, really, really amazing thing that we were both sober and, um, sorry and then um you know we spent several years taking care of him with his um you know, doing the chemo and trial treatments. And, um, it was just, it was just heartbreaking, but, um, I, I was with him when he died and, um, he was in the hospital. Uh, I had fallen and sprained my ankles. I couldn't walk. I remember I was in the hospital with him and, uh, you know, we were there for three days. He had gone into kidney failure, you know, but like he had done, we were up at Hopkins and I mean, different play university of Maryland and, um, and he finally went into kidney failure. So we were in the hospital with him. It was three days like that. He was just failing. And so, I mean, I was there with him with his last breath. And, um, I mean, it was just, it was just, I, I mean, I've never, I, I don't know if you've been with anybody that's not like died. It's just, you can't even describe it. It was just very, yeah. um, but I was very, you know, grateful that I was with him and, um, just, you know, so that was, you know, took up, that was just heartbreaking, you know? And, and so it was Jody's case. Like it was a while before, like, I really was just like, this is not right. You know, just started to really focus on her case and, and then became obsessed, you know, with her case. And so what, at what you, you did mention, um, and I'll just touch on it. Um, also for anybody listening who's not familiar with it. Um, so there's, there had obviously been no answers for years. And mm-hmm. then, um, but it, it, like you said, like for the family, it was just the automatic thought like, okay, well, like this is, this is dad's wheelhouse. Like he's got this, he's got the connections. Mm-hmm. So, y- you know, you would have never even thought to reach out to any of the I, authorities. Because yeah, I mean, like, and like, who, am I, who am I to do this? This is his thing. And like with a family, like we're talking about family and like raising kids and like, God, we don't, how, wait, we don't know what to do. What are we doing? And it's like with a murder, like, you know, like yeah. I didn't know, like 
families got involved. Like I thought we just like wait for the police, you know, like, like I said, I feel exactly. like my dad wouldn't have pressured them or he would have, you know, he would have called them like, you know, what's an up, you know, what's going on. But it's like, you just, like you're saying the wheelhouse, like we just were like, okay, the police are doing their job. And then it was like, okay, all these, all this time and what's going on, you know, but go ahead. I'm sorry. Right. No, don't be well, sorry. But I and about then his state of mind, right? Because this is his, this is his, this is what he does. He's a prosecutor. He interfaces with police all the time. Right. And that's what he's made a career out of, but he's mm-hmm. also a father and he's also lost his daughter and he's, he's got other children that he has to think about his wife, his own sobriety, all mm-hmm. of those things had to just be crushing down. He did start. Um, I mean, it's uh, well, I guess I just, I would say bad. that with me, I would feel crushed by all that. Yeah. Yeah. He went into treatment again. He'd actually, what he, he, he was drinking so bad after she died and it was just the state's attorney's office actually put him into a program. So, um, oh, wow. yeah, so that's, and then like, so there was a, like I said, then he and I started going to meetings. So there was a short period of time before he got sick. And, um, but yeah, so I know, I think a lot about that with my dad and their interaction with the police. Cause like I said, he was such a gentleman. I don't feel like he would have questioned them. And, and the part that I haven't talked with you guys about is me. I was always the people pleaser, always, you know, wanting everybody to be happy. You know, when my parents were fighting, I was like, just, you know, or my mom and my older, my middle sister, there was always stuff going on there. And I was always like, just everybody, I want everybody to be okay. Like, and so, so, you know, for a while after Jody's death, like I, I was so worried about my parents. Like I couldn't, it was like, I didn't, I, I, I still feel like I haven't fully grieved, but I, I just so badly wanted them to be okay that I, I didn't, I wouldn't have been like, dad, did you talk to the police today or dad? You know what I mean? Like, it was just, it was kind of just, sometimes I felt like, I don't know if this is the right, like elephant in the room. Like you didn't want to like, it's so devastating. You don't want to just be like, or, you know, or having breakfast and be like, talk about Jody. You know what I mean? It was just like, it's so sad, of course. you know? So it's like, right. so right. it wasn't like something that, and I, and I think about it now, like, God, like, I wish I'd known those conversations my dad would have had with the police or, you know what I mean? But I was going to ask, you so you said have, when right? you, yeah, when you found, you found he had like a, a like the whole case file, like everything mm-hmm. that he had kept from news or paper articles and stuff under his bed. Within those, was there any notes like of like conversations that he had had, like anything for you to go on? Or at what point did you realize, okay, he's gone. I feel like we're no further ahead than we were, mm-hmm. you know, the, the day that we lost her. I need to hit the ground running like at what what moment was that for you by the way for for viewers jody was killed in 1996 is that correct mm-hmm. yeah yes, and then your did, dad yeah. passed away in 2007, 2007. so it's mm-hmm. been 11 years yeah at that yeah. point yeah and at he was point. sick for about five four or five years yeah he was sick with just okay. going back and forth um i mean there was a lot i mean it was very emotional to see i mean it was just everything uh, you know like i said in his room there was just 
newspaper articles and pictures and, um, I mean, different notes, names of detectives. I mean, there was nothing like that that I remember that, like, stands out. Um, but I just, I can't remember the exact point. I, I just know that I started reach, reaching out to the detective and Bollinger, who was the one who was on her case since the beginning. And, and I just really, from day one, was very disappointed and upset because I thought he is, does not seem like a good person. Um, you know, the, I had many conversations with him for a lot of years, you know, trying to just get answers, trying to get him to help. Um, and he just was very cocky, very condescending, very, he was, um, bizarre, almost like hitting on me. He'd be like telling me about how he was having a relationship with a sister of a suspect or a sister of somebody that killed their parents. Oh, I mean, he was just telling creepy. me this was, yeah, he would tell me these weird, like I'd ask about Jody's case and he'd be like, ask me how my relationship was and to keep my husband close. And it was just, it was really bizarre. And I'd be <gasps> like, you know, cause there was all this stuff about Jody at the Mount Washington Tavern, the bar. There's so many things at night that are odd that she liked the owner of the bar. And I'd say, do you think something was going on with the two of them? And his response would be like, oh, I'm sure he would have had you both. And like, I mean, just really like, <gasps> yeah, like he was very gross, like, mm. and, um, just very inappropriate. Like, yeah, yeah. I oh mean, my yeah. gosh. Well, this yeah. makes, I mean, this again makes even Disgusting. more sense as to why, yes, like, and why you have this. And distrust. And yeah. I, I, I love yeah. your, your attitude when it comes to it. I think Kate asked you, <laughs> what did she say? Oh, oh the, the, you know, the investigators want you to know that, um, you know, like that, that they're, what did, what did they, what did, she said something about, Oh. Their the case and, and their investigation and you said what, what investigation because yes. it was just yes was, I mean and and half the time he was always on vacation like he, this detective he was always on vacation he was going to like Disneyland or, or I don't know where he was but um it, he was such I mean I try I try the older I get the longer I live I get more irritated by people <laughs> i'm trying to work on that but i mean he just that's so relatable i know i was like i'm just living in my own lane because i'm like ah. um and i think part of it's hormones <laughs> i get older but um he, he just there's nothing what's that the hormones it's there, very relatable the yeah. older we get like there's like five people know, on the fingers I know, yeah. I know. <laughs> yes. you're one of them now you're one of my good ones you're on, you're on my team exactly um, you're you're added yeah I you and gavin close. two of them are in yes. here right now I feel, connected. I feel connected um but there was nothing redeeming about him whatsoever and and just i mean oh, he gosh. contradicted and um you know we'd say i was doing one of the first times i was going up to baltimore for an interview with one of the state he said he was going to be there. He didn't show up. And um, I mean, just there was just so much stuff about, um, you know, asking questions and he didn't know what was going on or he'd say something. Then he'd contradict himself. And then I'd say, you know, there was a couple suspects. Did you talk to this guy, Randy, who was a suspect? Uh, I don't recall if I did. But in a previous conversation, um, you know, everything that's done on this case, uh, you know, he said somebody else talked to him. You know, I'm the only one that does anything on this case. Like It was just so much runaround. Like it just none of it made sense. Like I, I, I and the fact that he 
that he was so rude too, you know, and his bosses too. Like we had a meeting one time and his boss, they, they we were talking about the, the, the number one suspect who the suspect who they say is on the case is actually, he was on the low, I'm on the Eastern shore of Maryland. He was lower than me, like an hour and a half away. Like apparently like down there for a while, but then they, so they have suspects or they did, mm-hmm. they, mm-hmm. there were suspects. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Wow. T- yeah. They definitely were, but they, I'll tell you about that. So apparently they moved him up to Jessup closer so he could be with his family. Cause don't get me started how they treat criminals. <laughs> Let me, let's let this killer, you know, be near his family. Um, I get, I get very resentful, right. so, but he was wait, down wait, wait. there. I, and- I'm sorry. I'm slow and, yeah. and not, not following. So this suspect was incarcerated. He was like in prison or something like that. Yeah. So he, so he was stabbed another woman years ago. Or, I'm trying to think of how many years ago, third, I, I don't remember the time frame, but it was well, well after Jody died, they caught him. He had tried to kill a stripper. And so he was caught, you know, they found him and he was locked up. And so it turns out that this was, they started that apparently they were looking at him early on because somebody had called him in because he had a white BMW and kind of fit this description and lived near where Jody was. So, but they had the, you know, they had the make and the model of the car. They had the description of him. I mean, I feel like just on the car alone, like they didn't even put that. They had a picture of the car. They didn't even put that out till 20 years later, like the picture of his like right. this car. So right. there were so many things that they did, you know, the, the crime scene photos, like we, they would never show them to my family. Like we would never see the original police report, but like I wake up and they're in people magazine, the crime scene photos. Like I'd never seen them before. Like just the way, like they did everything was so. And you had been asking, I think that yeah. that's so important for people to know too. Like yeah. you, you have been asking you, you, you took them to court. He yeah. sued them, yeah. right? Because For, I said, yeah, to, I, to just have your sister's case to, files and record. see, like at yeah. that point, you never, yeah, you didn't have any autopsy uh, nothing. report. They nothing. said her file. They told me this is the exact words. Her case is sitting in a closet collecting dust. That's how like they would talk to me. And so, and then I said, oh I said, well, we, you know, we want, we want access to the records. And they said that, I think that's what the thing with the case know. And they said, well, it's under investigation. You know, you're it's under uh, like it can't, it's under, you know, there's an ongoing investigation. And I was like, what if it, like, how, how is there an ongoing investigation if it's <laughs> sitting in the closet? You know? So yeah, that's, yeah. You I, just told me. Yeah. And I, so that's, that's when the, I, that whole thing, that angle of things pisses me off. The, um, I've become somewhat of an expert on public records laws, uh, oh. just in what I've been doing, you know, state, yeah, Gavin's state, my guy man, for this. I, I'm all about this. Right. And here's the thing, the police, there, there are exemptions to public records laws that are specific to law enforcement. And it usually has to do with the case being open and jeopardizing the case. That's the exemption. However, what the police will tell people like you and me is that I can't give you those records because I'm prohibited by law from giving you those records, but that is not the case. They are not prohibited by law. They just can invoke that exemption if they want. And that is a distinction with a huge difference. Yeah, they Oh, Gavin, her. does this does this fall under the does this fall under where we can all go and and use the the um insurance angle? 
Probably not because oh, because they have that exemption. That. They're they're invoking okay. an an exemption to the law, and okay. they and it's legal for them to do that. But it's I think it's immoral. I personally believe my, my thought on all this stuff is that there should be an expiration, an automatic expiration on exemptions. From, I agree. From public records. Yeah. I absolutely like on, agree. Yeah. On the federal level. For example, I mean, we're, we're now in 2023, we're going to be able to listen to Martin Luther King cheating on his wife, because on a federal level, there's a 50 year expiration on, on those records that were private. Right. So on a federal level, this exists. And in some States it exists as well. Like, uh, Minnesota, Sherilyn and I are the beneficiary of this in Minnesota. Uh, there is, if, if a case is open, 20 years later, it's public. Mm -hmm. Like even if the case is open in 20 years, it expires. Now, if that were the case in Maryland, you would have access. You would have already had your access. Yeah. I mean, that's I mean, seven years. You would have. They don't, I mean, it's, it's been just fighting so hard. I mean, and I mean, so many reporters, people would say it's, it's like, they don't want to solve her case. They just, they don't like, why don't they want to put the information out like to help? Why don't they want to put these videos? You know, there's four videos. They say they, they're there. They can enhance them or, you know, there's fingerprints. There's so much evidence on her case. I mean, not, not, not specifically that information, but like the picture of the car or like, they just, it's like they're, right. they held everything back so long like mm -hmm. like and and then you know like people that, that have nothing to hide hide nothing is what i always you know say and it's like it's like i feel like don't you want the public to help you i mean it seems like with some of these cases they're putting 100 percent, yeah like you're you're and and yeah. i went all the way up to the governor's office had the lawsuit i mean my first the lawsuit that they were their first response was like a 90 page whatever i don't even know the legal term motion to quash or squall i don't know it was 90 pages yeah. that they did yeah. like quash. that's how badly they did yeah thank you I, I was like i don't know but i mean that that's it's it's incredible like i mean it was literally it it brought me to the, to no place I've, i mean I, I would never ever want to go back to my life fighting with that i mean it's me against all of them you know and they treat you right like the criminal i mean even all these years Right. Seeing how criminals are treated. I mean, even just in little petty stuff in my own life now doing like, you know, I got taken advantage, you know, as a homeowner by these painters and going to court and just like how they treat the other side. Like, oh, my God, I'm like, it's just I keep seeing it. Like, right. I mean, I mean, that's just something little, but it's maddening, you know, like. Um, no, exactly. It, like, it, yeah, it, you're being you're being treated as an inconvenience and yeah. a criminal. Oh and you're just gosh. trying to get answers. And like you said, why wouldn't you? It's it's one of my biggest um irk moments like when we when we talk to family members when it's like the yeah the the arrogance uh the gatekeeping of information where it's like don't you, you know you've got access to this this video okay yeah we see that it's we can appreciate that it's grainy but with today's technology there right. are ways of like enhancing yeah. things as much as we can so you've heard that you know, and you've heard that well, even if they put that into the public domain if they put it out into the public, as technology improves, it could be it could be redone over and over and over again. It's not it's not like it's a one and done thing, right? Right. Like exactly. The, the AI powered video. Uh, what do you call that? Uh, not amplification, but anyway. Like I have a I have this piece of software that I spent a lot of money on that uh, 
is an AI enhancement for video and it does a freaking terrific job. Like I can, right. I can nearly see the face of one of, of like the murder of Shelby Thornburg because I got a video this big and I made it 1080p. Wow. But in five years, it may be better. I can take the original video and do it again. Yeah. I don't know why. I just that's, don't know why. That's what boggles my mind. It makes no sense. And I would throw stuff okay, out there. And so yeah, what would you throw out there? I was there? just like, going to say, were, like, you, I feel like, out, you know, they, they can find Osama bin Laden on a, like, a, you know, like, they could do all this crazy stuff, but they can't, like, enhance mm -hmm. a video. Like, I don't know. I mean, I don't even know if that, but it's 100, just, like, no, it's, you it are, make any sense. you're validated in feeling that and, it doesn't make any sense at all. And my husband reads this, like, law and crime or whatever. He's like, look, they, they found a bone, like, one bone, and they, or whatever, and they just, they solved this murder. And I'm like, and, and like, then I get mad. I mean, I, I mean, I'm happy for them, but it's like, there's fingerprints, of course. there's witnesses, there's, there's six witnesses, there's, there's description suspect, the vehicle, there's, there's videos like, like it doesn't, it just doesn't add up, you know? And then, and then, then you have this police force and the governor's office, Baltimore County, the whole thing, like, so it just, nothing about it is, uh, looks good to, and uh, from, uh, what have they told you? Yeah. From you, no, it doesn't look good. And what have they told you, um, about the fingerprints against the suspect that, that they had in prison. They just, they say they've, they've run them. Th th I guess they, they just say they run them through the database. That's, that's all they say. I mean, you know, I guess when, when I've pressured them, I don't know how often they do something like that. If it's, um, it's but not I, automatic. I, it's, it's when somebody it's decides to do it. Yeah, yeah. It's they're, not they're, automatic. They're, Same thing with like CODIS, the DNA database. It's not automatic. It's when somebody okay. says, oh, hey, remember that girl that was murdered in 1996? Maybe we should run it again. That's, yeah, that's when it yeah. Happens. I mean, we even had, so she, she died. It's crazy. So she, she died on the line. So there's Baltimore City, Baltimore County. So where she was shot she ended up driving because she, she was shot, but she still lived for a few minutes and drove. And the suspect, I don't know if you knew the way the whole right. thing happened. The suspect, so he yeah. shot her at one parking lot. He came up to the, her followed car. Her. There was a conversation. Followed her. Yeah, followed her, which was just a very bizarre way that this all happened and sat at the top of this parking lot while she circled it. And these were the, there was witnesses there, like saw all this and, and, and reached in when she hit a curb. And I think that's when she died because she, they found her like slumped over the wheel, the, um, the steering wheel. And so he reached in over her car, like over her to put her car in park. They said they saw that, like turn the headlights off. I think it was to put her car in park and took stuff out of her car. So it was like with hearing like a gunshot, seeing that, like, I don't know, it was just so just for something like that to happen with the witnesses around it's, it's just it's bizarre like you think if it was like a robbery he would have just gone up to her in the first parking lot give me your purse and and get out of there you know um right, right. just the way it was long and drawn out but um they i forgot what my whole point was to all that i think you asked me a question, I actually had a question <laughs> about oh well did she go from within the city to did she cross the line oh, when she yeah went so, from one so side that's where it was the they, she was in the county so the county ended up taking a case and that was my point is compared to the city and the county the county has so much less crime than 
than the city. So it's like they had all hands on. Like, I mean, it's not like the city where there's tons of murders, even at that time, even now, like it's just the city was so much worse. But I even had the chief of police of Baltimore City with all their crime murders, write me a letter to my home and says, my department stands by to help you in your sister's case in any way. Cause we, I did something for the Baltimore Sun newspaper and like there was, they did an article for Jody and they blew him off. It ca apparently caused outrage. Like, that he offered to try to help. Like they offered to try to enhance the videos. Wow. They offered to try to like assistant. Yeah. I mean, it's like, it's like unhuman. I think. So at the end of the video with of Kate, sorry, I mean, I don't want to lose the thought. I, just going off that uh, when, when you were uh, speaking with Kate, they said um, that now they are allowing other, um, investigators sound, to help it sounds like they're is that true like the vdoc society look at it that's what it sounds like to oh me. so they're not letting the city help no they did i mean they said they would but they what i couldn't know anything about it i couldn't know who the person was like i mean everything right. you, you i i don't know that i believe anything that comes out of their mouths i mean they say one thing i've seen them say mm -hmm. stuff on tv about her case that was inaccurate you know, um, so it's hard to know what they say and what they do if that matches up. You know what I mean? It's, it's, I mean, 100%. Yeah. So it's like, I don't, it's who knows. I mean, they said they were going to so have somebody I think look at it from the others from the city, but I wasn't allowed to talk to them or, you know, know anything about it. Oh my gosh. I think in these, in cases like this, which is very similar to, like I was telling you about Sarah Easton, the other case that I'm looking at right now, in order to get access to those files, it's going to have to fall off the back of the truck into mm. somebody's hands. Like somebody within the sheriff's department there in Baltimore County is going to have to be willing to secretly make copies and leak them out. It's going to have to be uh -huh. something like that. I reached out to a friend of mine who's a retired detective in Baltimore city. Like, Hey, um, do you know anything about this case? He, he uh -huh. retired three or four years ago and he's like, I'm aware of it because it happened in Baltimore, but we don't have any files. <laughs> and he actually was like, I would help you if I had access to these <gasps> wow. files, right? So you're so anybody listening that somebody. is in Baltimore city, <laughs> uh, law Not in the city in the County. In the oh, county. in the county. Oh, right. We need the county because so they have it. Yeah. Okay. So wait, we re will yeah. rephrase that. Anybody in Baltimore County law enforcement? Um, there's a shelf with some dust there's collecting oh, on it. Yeah. Apparently, um, yeah. if you could just make copies of that and anonymously submit them to uh, gavinfish.com website. Right. You know, I started <laughs> I my own. Tip, I had even started my own tip line, like just trying to get like i mean i had because i did all the billboards like i i was like trying every they told me i want to get into the billboards yeah. before yeah but i like, appreciate, so you, reaching, I, I, I appreciate you reaching out to somebody about that i appreciate you doing that oh, and reaching yeah, out to baltimore to city I, I wish that yeah i wish we'll that see I we'll see what comes through we gavin gets anonymous tips submissions videos photos he gets That's it all awesome. the time, so we've we're putting this out there. We're putting this out there. If anybody's in uh, Baltimore County um, law That's enforcement, awesome. um, Gavin's I your guy. A, 
I have a question about the crime scene photos, if I can. Yeah. Like, I'm going to share my screen here real quick, if it's okay with you guys. Uh, let's see. Let me go to this one. Let me know when you can see it. Oh, yeah. I see it. Okay. So I found the highest resolution photos I could find of these literally are crime scene photos that were never given to you. They were published yes. in the media. People, yeah. Right. So this is actually an, an, an enhancement of a very low resolution photo that I found. Wow. Okay. I have a question about this. Um, and it comes in this photo right here. There are two bullet holes. There's oh. a wire coming out on how see how you can see four lines or five lines. You're, you're yes. seeing shadows, but, but you can see two wires going through coming out of two different holes. So you say that's two, but I've only ever been, I, that to me looks like two bullet holes. I've only ever heard that there's one. In fact, in this photo, there's only one entrance. But I wonder if there's one underneath that card. Like there's another photo <laughs> with a card underneath the oh other, my gosh. other shot. But if we go here, look, there are two wires. There's one white line that's above another one that's kind of going more downward. So. And then there are see my finger? multiple shadows. Wow. Would you see that, Wait. Sterling? Yeah, I do. Yeah, I see. And I see the sh the shadows are um, are almost more deceiving, right? Because they look almost like they are actually what. Um, right. The, right. So it's the fainter lines. The black lines. lines are shadows. It's the fainter kind of white tan. I, I'm completely colorblind, so I can't tell you what it is. No, no, no. Is. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. So you're wow. saying there's two white dots. I'm saying that looks like like a forensic scientist put a wire in to show two different bullet trajectories oh. from two different holes. Wow. That's what I think. That's incredible. Okay. Uh, I should, I should add the caveat. I'm completely untrained. I have no, no idea. But I mean, you're that's probably what it looks like to me. better than them. <laughs> so that's interesting. What would, what would make you think, what would you think about that? Like why, how there could be two and then well what i can't what i can't find is the bullet hole anywhere like because they they don't give you like the entrance like mm -hmm. on this photograph it does there's no damage to the back window and i actually feel like the bullet I don't think wait see that i i don't think i ever saw anywhere. that one before that that second one you just showed which uh which one this one yeah so i don't see an entrance anywhere but i can't tell if that the back one window is i never saw that one if it's shattered no you that's no it, it they say that it was uh it, that she was shot through the back window like the side window the passenger back window yeah but i i'm not seeing a hole and the trajectory of those two wires doesn't make it out that back window like, no, on the on the driver's side. Yeah, driver's see side. like there this looks like this is all this is all shattered out. You can see you can see like a little bit of glass shatter on the bottom center there, I think. 
Oh, I see. No, that to me, that to me looked like snow in the sill, not glass. I, I can't tell. But you know what? If they would release the actual photos, then more people like you and I, like the three of us, could take a look at this and, and try to understand it a little bit better. I know. I, I, it's very, oh my gosh. What, like what, what would make the two, why would there be two holes in the front though? What, how would you guys make that out? Two bullets, two bullets. But then That's how come I think. not one in the back? That means two bullets went in her? Well, you've never, I think two bullets went in, in the back. Yeah. And by the way, as a person who I am an amateur shooter, I'm not like a super practice shooter, but that's a close grouping. Like most, most untrained shooters can't group two bullets like that. Wow. What's the theory though? Like that, that they were closer. Like what's, what's the theory? Or they're the a good shooter. They're practice. There's shooter. been a lot of theories. There was like a hit on her too. Okay. What, what, here, I'll stop the sharing, but I will send you these photos. Okay, Jenny. Yes. So you that can is have them. interesting. But, but literally I took tiny little, um, tiny little photos, very low resolution and enhanced them using a piece of software using AI. Where did you and get the one with the so back of it, her car? The second, did you see that one, Charlotte? I, I looked and looked and looked. Yeah, I, I don't think I've so ever seen that. that one, the back of her car. I don't think I ever saw that one. Well, let me go back to it here real quick. Um, so you're talking about this one? No, the oh, other one. That's No. That, I never that's saw one. that one. Unless, I, unless I'm losing my mind, which <laughs> that's crazy. So where was that part? Yeah. Because they said, like, if that was where they yeah. found the car, she was up against a curb. Like, that's not even up against a curb, right? Yeah, it looks to me like right. it's been, well, there's a curb behind it. And maybe they pushed it out. I don't oh, know. okay. Huh. That That's the thing about these things. And, and Sherilyn, you know, we've been talking about the Julia Davis case and that strangeness of the clothes hanging up on the guardrail of the highway but there's no record like anybody could have done that. Right. So without us having records of what they did <laughs> and likely before a crime scene investigator got here, you know, a couple of uniform cops probably pushed it out so they could get easy access to it. You just don't know what, right, may have right. put the car in that position. Well, one of the did witnesses the put it in reverse and did it move out. You know, there's no, oh. no one of the witnesses that reached out to me years later, just sweet man. He was one of the truck drivers at that Boston market. And he said the police were very odd. He said he just thought the whole thing, the way they acted, very odd. I mean, and he said, you know, he's, you know, he just had always thought about me over the years and you know he had tried to reach out to the department i guess he didn't know how to get a hold of me and then he saw some, went up something this was a lot of years ago but um he said he'd reach out and they wouldn't call him back um he just said their behavior was very strange yeah 
So what is the theory there? Like when you say there's uh, there's been speculation of a hit, like what was the motive behind this? What is the theory about the murder and then all of these years now, like what essentially is, I mean, I, I don't want to say a cover up, but it's like this lack of interest of yeah. solving it. And you're like, why wouldn't you want to? So what what is the theory behind that? There, There's been a lot of theories it, it, from the beginning, you know, the police would say, a, you know, maybe a robbery or gone bad or, but it's not, it's not, it wasn't, I don't feel like it was a, it doesn't make sense, sense for a robbery. No. Right. Yeah. Cause you said she was waiting, right? Like yeah, she in a had already and she, been so, parked and this was very out of character, right? Yeah. Like she did not go out alone. She, yeah. Uh, she, she was, was very terrified. fearful. This was like the middle of the night. Right. She and her and, boy, boyfriend um, had gotten into a fight. So there was a lot of strange things. Okay. That, yeah. Yeah. That night. Okay. So she, everything was not right. I mean, she, they got into a fight. They had been, she had gone, she loved to go to this Mount Washington Tavern. She was kind of obsessed with this owner that was a married guy there. Um, and okay. she liked, and that her boyfriend did not like her going there. So apparently that Thursday night, she went there and he found out. So that Friday morning, before she went to work, she was working at a bank, Eastern Savings Bank. And before she went to work, he, they got into a fight, said, don't come home this weekend. Maybe go see your parents, but don't, or, you know, just don't come back here. And so, because she went to that bar, but he was asleep that night, Friday night that she went out. And so, she, so she had, she had lots of people that loved her, lots of friends. She wouldn't have just driven out into the night with no plan. You know what I mean? She went to work and then she went to the tavern and she stayed there until close. So that from there on, she was asked to drive the janitor home, which, you know, she would literally give you her shirt off her back, but like just to drive somebody home, you know, as a female and, and late at night, um, she ended up driving him home, which he was, he, was, he, there was some, he had some sort of like mental something going on. Like he didn't, he didn't talk a lot. He was very, I'm not really sure, but you know, she, like okay. I said, she, so that was like just out of character. It was snowing that night. She wouldn't have driven in the snow. She definitely wouldn't have gone to send a dark. I mean, would you like, I mean, like, like as a female or maybe even a male now, like just go sit in a dark parking lot. And, um, she had this bag phone in her car that my parents had gotten for her to have in her car. And she had made several phone calls, one being back to the bar um, different stories I've heard that she was looking for the owner, that she was looking for a party, that she was looking for drugs. There was no drugs in her system from what I've heard. Um, right. From the police, yeah. no drugs in her system. From the autopsy. Yeah. You've only yeah. heard, you've never seen. Yeah. Right. And I, and I, I don't rule out, you know, people are like, don't talk about the drugs or the alcohol. You don't want to make everything look bad. And I'm like, yeah. you know, it is what it is. Like, you know, I can't, I can't yeah. change it. I can't, yeah. you know, I'm not going to lie about it. Um, but yeah, I, I'm not saying that that wouldn't be a theory, but there was no, like, like they said, no drugs in her system. And it, and they, there was apparently so much drugs in the bar. Like if you asked, you could get it behind the bar. Um, like she wouldn't like just go to some so it's random not like she'd have to go out to a drug dealer to get drugs. Right. Right. Yeah. And right. Yeah. Yeah. Wait in this, yeah. She used to tell us she was afraid she was going to get shot. She would tell us she was afraid she was going to be shot. Yeah. So, wow. Yeah. Mm -hmm. 
So I don't know. There's there's also some talk about one of the detoxes that she was in, some people that she had met. I mean, there's so many different parts to it, you know, the 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 her boyfriend in a fight, this owner, um, you know, she had called back, like I said, called back to the bar. And then she, they only told me about two of the phone calls she had called. She had moved this girl in with her for a short period of time that she had waitressed with. And this girl had since she had struggled. So Jody wanted to help her, moved her in. And, and then she since moved in with her boyfriend who was an African-American. Um, and so Jody called, them that night and never talked to the roommate, but talked to the boyfriend. And that was one of the things like, I mean, it's just it's, super odd. I had never met him, but I'm like, this is one of the last, if not the, the shooter last was African-American, right? Yeah. The last person she talked to and right so, away, detective Bollinger says, Oh, well, um, he didn't drive. He didn't drive. But like 20 years later, I find out, you know, after pressing them of like, so after doing all my own investigation, like, I think you should re-interview this guy, Greg, again, this guy who was like a known drug dealer. Um, and they go back and talk to him. That was part of my lawsuit, dropping my lawsuit. I wanted them to like re-interview your boyfriend, like do all this stuff, go back and talk to Greg. They find out that he was with his friend that night, 20 years later. Like they always say, oh, he didn't drive. Like they just dropped it. But like he was, so there's so many like things that were missed, whether they were missed on purpose. Like, I, I don't know. I mean, it's just. Do we know if that friend drove a, a BMW? Was there, was there, were you I, able to ever find a connection I, to a BMW? I don't, I don't know. Because, you know, like I said, it's very little okay. that they'll tell me, you know, but I did. That know they'll that tell that, you, right? Yeah, yeah. 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 And then they had this big. So, yeah, go ahead. I'm sorry. I start babbling. No, no, you don't start babbling at all. No, go ahead, please. <laughs> I was saying, so then, like, I and I'm, fortunately, I get a little, I would get a little, like, just angry and just blast out on social media. And just because I was so, I mean, I, it's literally me against them and just feeling, and I mean, it ripped me apart. It ripped my family apart. It ripped. I mean, I even at one point, my lawyer and I were at odds with the lawsuit. We paid thousands of dollars to him trying to get the records. I mean, it destroyed me like fighting them. And so one time, you know, I think I'm going up for this meeting for an update on the case. And after my lawsuit, I couldn't even just talk to any detective or anything. There had to be like a lawyer involved, like just to find out about my twin sister's murder. It was ridiculous. So they planned wow. this meeting and it was like a, an intimidation thing because I got on Facebook and said something like, fuck you, Baltimore County or something. I was just woke up one morning and just, you know, I'm very like impulsive and I just, ah, yeah. and so they, so I go up and, um, there's like, 12 of them in this big conference table. Like I think I'm getting this update and they start blasting me about my social media. That's what the meeting was start, you know, like those were there. And I was like, Oh my God, are you kidding me? Like they had like printed it. It, it. it wasn't like that. It was just like, I was sharing stuff. I mean, it, that, I mean, they were just probably that one where I said, fuck you, which I should pardon my language, but I was just out of my yeah. mind. I mean, I was literally, of course. Yeah. And, and so I'm like, really, I'm you can only take so much. And yeah. it's just like, yeah. what, yeah, you're what, why you're, you're bringing me into the principal's office. Really? Yeah. Cause I, all, all yeah. I want is answers to my, my, yeah. my sister's like, murder, murder. Right. Yeah. Like focus on then get, then so get, this, get your act together. 
yeah, we're taking precious time out of out of the out of it sitting on the shelf collecting dust for this principal meeting. Right. So I, I'm so curious about um, about the billboards and how they came to be. So um, so um, three billboards in what what's the title the title of the movie three. Um, outside of or the three billboards, I think it's three billboards, billboards outside of Ebbing, Missouri. Is it? Or, oh my God, I forgot. Ooh. Missouri. I, I know think, it. Yeah. I know it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Times. Yeah. So I, I, I'm sure everybody knows where we're going. Like the the movie, you know, and then um, uh, it, it was like an Oscar winner, right? I'm pretty sure. I, I'm I'm pretty sure it like swept the Oscars. Actually, here I'm getting it right now. Uh, three billboards outside of Ebbing, Ebbing, Missouri. Oh yeah. Okay, we're good with that. Um, okay, so that movie, you had already been deep in your own investigation at this point, um, uh, you know, fighting for records and stuff like that. Did you just see this movie in the middle of that and was like, wow, this is what I'm going to do now and I'm going to get my billboards for my sister? Actually, it, it was my husband who said it. I mean, unbelievable. Like, I mean, and and this, this you know, and her case literally broke apart our marriage, you know, and, and, but I mean, it was kind of in our downward spiral. Like we were, we were watching the movie and, and he suggested, I mean, he was, like I said, he was, he was always supportive of her case. And <sighs> until it just, it, it, like I said, it just tore, tore me up. Like it just broke me like terribly. And, um, he was the one that said, you know, you should put a billboard. And I remember in, in, you know, one of the meetings talking to the detectives and I said, you know, they were talking about this number one suspect that I said was that they've transferred was near me like an hour and a half mm -hmm. away. And I said, I said, um, you know, the detective was, you know, he's always like, you know, cause apparently I think he, he did, I'm, he failed a lie detector test and I would be like, well, when are you going to go talk to him again? And he'd be like, for years, I'm going to go talk to him. You know, I could use a good crab cake. I want to go down to the Eastern shore and I'll go talk to him, you know, like talk to me like that. Yeah. And I, and I said, oh, well, what what a barf me, moment. Ugh, I was that, I mean, just, that was the type of conversations. And I said, I was, I, I was just out of doing everything out of desperation. I was like, well, bring me with you, like bring me. And, um, he's like, well, you know, why would I do that or something? And, and I, you know, I was just trying to think of like different things. And he's like, he wouldn't talk to you. He would only talk to me, you know, just real cocky. And, um, so then I, that's when I brought up the thing about the billboards and they're like, and then again, why would you do that? You know, but it, it literally got a lot of attention on her case. I mean, it just, yeah. widespread i mean all over the world really i mean I, so many yeah. people were, yeah it was incredible so many people were reaching out and i did different ones you know i did the find my killer and then i did um i did one to the governor i did one to the state's attorney i did one um like i think it was one with our the, the tip line that i was doing um i just just kept going you know just trying i mean but the, like i said it, it Am I any further? I don't know. I mean, I never, I never give up hope, but I feel like anything that I could you do. You are in terms of attention. I mean, look at, look at what it, I'm all the way in Canada, right? And, and here it. we're speaking to you. And <laughs> one thing I wanted to say when, um, 
you were so I thought it was so funny because I was watching the interview and in my head I'm like you know when you when you were just punching back and you had your little you know you had your your little insert moments and your you know your 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 what investigation moments and I go in my head I go I I also jot notes down while I'm watching things that I want to talk about later and I said badass I said she was a badass <laughs> oh and it came to the point in the interview and you said you were watching the movie and you said and I, I looked at Frances McDormand and I was like she's a badass and I was yeah. like you're the badass oh I'm, I'm yelling at my, oh my That's awesome. <laughs> I'm like you are she was acting you are oh, out no. there doing this in real life oh. but you you know you are a badass Jenny you I um I I wish I felt it I feel but um yeah, I'm actually like um, kind of a weak <laughs> wimp, but um, I try. You know, no, I just, not I'm, at all. Uh, that was my. If you've heard any of my interviews, that, that was that my actually favorite. adds that that adds to the coolness factor. I have to, like I was thinking, you know, there's no such thing as courage without fear, right? People who are courageous, they feel the fear, and that's what makes them courageous. They they still like run into battle or whatever it is, right? You yeah. may feel that, hey, I'm just this little woman that's trying to fight for my sister, but that makes it that makes it all the more impressive. It's just like you are you are a person that life was happening to. Just life. Yeah. Right? Yeah. There's there's no qualifications, no, nothing that prepared you for this. And yet when like I found out about your case on Twitter. I think it was Mac oh. McCollum uh retweeted something that you said and I was like what is this? And I start looking. Oh, was this like, one of the tweets where she was? Was this one of the tweets where she tweets a public official and asks if they oh want a God. billboard? Yeah, oh yeah, something God. like that. I saw. I was like, "What is this? I have to see this." Oh, Do you man. want a billboard? You better talk to me. I love yeah. it. You are. I, you're amazing. I, I'm very impulsive. Yeah. Like I sometimes put stuff. I'm like, I gotta like remember that this is just not like you know, just a couple of people seeing this. Like I just, I just say stuff sometimes, but I literally became, I, I want to say like not human. Like I just, I just was, I, I got so driven. Like I started writing to this prisoner, the one, and I, I sent him a picture of myself and I said, I wanted to come see him. Cause I thought it would shock him. I was like going into Baltimore. I was trying to find his family members. I drove to meet his brother. Like I was just like, I, I didn't, wow. nothing was going to stop me. Like, and that's what my husband had said, like, don't let the bullet that took her, took you, take you. Because I just, I was just, not thinking straight. I was just going all these places, doing all these things. Cause I, I was like, I'm going to find her killer. I'm going to find her killer. And then when everything started crashing down, like with my relationship, my family, and like the battle with the police, I had to drop the lawsuit and because they wouldn't, you know, do anything. I mean, they, they agree, you know, we came to like an agreement where they were going to do some things on the case that I've been asking him to do, like reach out to people, you know, it was nothing really. And, and, um, you know, because we couldn't afford it and we weren't getting anywhere with them, you know, and it was like, everything just kind of came crashing down. And, and, and it just, I literally I actually put a letter, um, oh, I've never, <laughs> um, I don't know if it was a while. it was, it was before COVID and, um, it was like, I guess it was like a cry for help. You know, I had, I had written this letter and, um, and I just was, 
like how I couldn't take anything anymore, you know, when it was, I was, I just put it out there, you know? And, um, Oh my gosh. Yeah, it was, it was bad. And, um, I just, I was, I mean, I, I, I was driving down. I just, I wanted, I was like, I didn't want to live and I didn't want to die. Like I had my kids, like I couldn't, I just couldn't, I mean, I didn't want to live, you know, it was basically like, you know, and I was driving down this two lane road and I was like, God, somebody please hit me, please hit me. Like, I cannot, I can't take any more. I mean, like everything was just oh my gosh. done, you know, I had just like been defeated with wow. her case. Like my husband and I, I left my husband. Like it was just, it was a really, really horrible time, really t bad time, you know? You know, then my husband was trying to put me like he had like an intervention, like got my friends together. And this was like before I left, you know, before I'd left, like he was they were trying to put me in a hospital like because I they were like, you need help. And but I wouldn't go. I wouldn't go. Instead, I left him. And this is this is what, you know, makes my blood boil and breaks my heart in so many of these situations is because look, you know, this is you never asked for this to happen to you mm -hmm. and for you simply wanting answers that you deserve this has consumed your life uh. and and not positively like why is this why is this the way that you're feeling why is this the battle that you're in and you're being borderline sexually harassed mm -hmm. by somebody who is supposed to be leading the charge here mm -hmm. it's mm -hmm. just it's repulsive like and it makes yeah. me even more upset that that you've gone through this in your life i hope everything is okay personally with you my husband and i got that just bur divorced. It burst my heart yeah and then we got remarried <laughs> i think i don't know if gavin knew that if so oh we, my we gosh got, i yeah. saw that on twitter uh, that made me happy yeah yeah that makes so me it's, happy it's it was a really 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 tough two years that we were separate you know we we, we lived down the street from each other but i just i was in a really really terrible place for about two years and i mean i was still you know the kids were like back and forth but it was it was just really hard on everybody and and i i put the family through a lot and um we we just started about a year ago i mean our as our divorce was processing um we started rekindling so it was like as we were divorced we were going out on a date night um, we were divorced on valentine's day last year and then I was a volunteer oh, for hospice wow. for a lot of years. And like during, like, it was really like a wonderful thing, which I hope I can get back to when, if I can figure out how to pay for my kid's college. <laughs> but, um, it, the, the, I had the, I guess they call it like chaplain. She came and married us in our yard. So it was just us and the kids. So we got, you know, we, like I said, as we were like going through divorce, we were, working everything out. It was like the process, it was already coming. And then we were, yeah. So it's, it's, I mean, wow. it, it's, it's been, it's been amazing. And I'm, I'm very, very fortunate like that. I mean, he has literally stood by me. I mean, even when I was gone, 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 and just did not good things that I'm not proud of. Um, mm. He, um, oh, that it was, yeah, he, he just, you know, he never, he never, he never left, you know, and I was, 
I was dishonest with him. There was a lot that happened. And, um, I, I was not myself. I said, you know, I was, but, um, you know, and it's, 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 I don't think anybody can blame you though. You know, you'd have like, no one is equipped. Um, you know, like we were talking at the very beginning that we're, we're not equipped to raise little humans. We don't have a handbook. No. We're not equipped to, to know what to do, what the right thing to do, what the right reaction yeah. is to do. We're not trained in knowing any form of, of mm-hmm. investigation or, what you know what's the what's the line in terms of how far we can get involved or uh, or where we just let people you know completely take over and then your situation the ball is completely dropped mm-hmm. i want to one i, I want to know is there still a reward out for um yes we arrest? still we never we never to an arrest okay yeah we still have the reward out um so that's a hundred thousand dollars right yes yeah so it was a lot raised through crime stoppers and that's a lot of money yeah yeah i mean which is crazy i mean they'd say even early on when we had it raised to thirty two thousand, they'd say that somebody would turn their mother in for that i mean that's like another odd thing is to have all that i was gonna say i mean how yeah because somebody knows something that's yeah we always you know it's such a again it's like such a a cliche term, I guess, you know, like in the true crime community, you know, somebody knows something, but somebody does know there is somebody out there mm-hmm. and that's what doesn't, I don't understand. I'm like, so if you, if this ever were to come across this person, because I do also know that people who know certain things about a crime will follow the crime. Oh. And so if that person comes across this at all is whoever you're protecting worth a hundred thousand, yeah. like, are you that well off in life right now that this life changing money is okay to just sit there to protect somebody that I'm going to assure you would not protect you. Right. Here's the thing about criminals too. This is, this is something I do for my work every day. I'm reading probable cause affidavits and criminal complaints and, uh, stuff like that. And I have to say there are no criminal masterminds left in the world. They're only pieces of fiction written by like Arthur Conan Doyle and stuff like that. There's no such thing as a criminal mastermind. Anyway, this person who took Jody's life told somebody he bragged about it. He got, uh, I know, that's about right. it, or he got drunk. Yeah. So there are people there, there are probably many people, probably dozens of people that know exactly what happened. And that leads me to a question that I have for you, Jenny. The, um, I guess, what, what does your life look like if you get what you want? Well, actually, let me ask you this question. What is it that you want? Do you want justice for your sister? Do you want to know what happened to your sister? Is that a spectrum you want something in between? And then the second part of that question is, what if you get what you want? What does that look like? And what if you never get what you want? What does that look like? Have you thought about those kinds of things? That's many questions. That was like an 18. Yeah, no, question. it's good. No, I feel like I've done all the talk and I haven't given you guys a chance to talk. Um, oh, I mean, I, I've, I've always thought that I would be, have this sort of peace in my life. If, if, it, if it wasn't always there, like we were talking about earlier, just this it's just, it's like this open cut, you know, like, it's just, it's always there, you know? And, 
Um, yeah. Like if, if we were to find out the truth, what happened? I mean, I just, I feel, um, that I would have some sort of like closure with it. You know, it's just this, this ongoing all these years. And, um, I think that's, that's, it's a lot of my anxiety besides my anxiety that I've had forever, but it's just quadrupled, you know, with everything. Um, Mm -hmm. I think that having this, that period where I, I I mean, I, I call it like I lost my mind, like with everything that just like crashed and burned with, you know, it's just defeated by everything. Um, I kind of, I, I try to put how to put it in words. I feel like I had put everything aside, like my family, like, I mean, I was still playing the role, like going through the motions as mom and wife and everything, but it was like, all I could think about was Jody and her case. And I feel like that it, those two years, like, you know, just getting myself back together that I, I mean, the most important thing to me is my, my husband and my, my family, my husband and my kids, you know, my mom. Um, so I, I feel like even all that I, all that I went through, that is my number one now. And before it wasn't, and I feel, I feel really, (laughs) I feel really bad about it. You know, that I, um, like that I, I feel like I wasn't there for my family for so long, you know, and that I disappointed them. And, um, you know, like I said, there's still work, you know, with the family and the kids, we're still working on, you know, everything that happened. And, um, I don't know if I'm answering your question, but I just, I feel like now that's my number one is my family. And I, I had just lost sight of everything for so long. And on top of like, I'm still not giving up on her case, but I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna, my family's never gonna not be number one, you know, my husband and my kids. And I I feel really bad that I put them through so much, you know, and, and so grateful that they still accept me and support me, you know, and love me. And, um, but I, 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 You're very lovable. You're very oh, lovable. Thank you. You are that. too. I just want to hug you. <laughs> I have always wanted to come to Canada. The same. Oh, I've always wanted to come to Canada. Well, so come on. The okay. hug's waiting for okay. you. Come on down. It's, it's been my thing. I was like, I always <laughs> want to go to Canada. But, um, so I think, um, I will never give up. Like, like I was very grateful when you, when you, re- when you guys reached out about doing the podcast, cause I feel like I just, I kind of just let go of every, like, just, I can't, I can barely like just get up and go forward. Um, and, and I know, and you, you were, you kept coming with me, kept coming. So I really appreciate it. But, um, just in my own, like personal struggles, like it's, it's, um, I, f- you know, I go back and forth where I feel guilty that I haven't done anything on our case, but I'm like, but I'm trying, I'm keeping, getting, keeping my family together. But like I said, that's number one. And, yeah. and they're a part of with me. Like I told my husband, like I just did this thing for CNN and I said, you know, you're, you know, before I would just like shove him out, you know? And I was like, you're, you're doing this with me. Um, you know, whatever you're, you're going to be a part of what, if, you know, we're, we're going to do something. So that's, that's that. But I feel honestly, um, I, I think about this a lot, like with my own internal self, like how I struggle so much, like, will I ever 
not feel that way, you know, as you know, as I wake up and feel overwhelmed with anxiety. And, and I think what, what Jody's, I, to your question, I think what Jody's case, like, I feel like that would definitely help me move forward. Um, will I ever hundred percent be, I don't want to say normal, but if you know what I mean, like, um, I hope for that because whole, like, yeah. I never do feel whole, like at, just at peace or whatever. Like I, I never, you know, I walk outside and I'm like, oh my God, I'm like so different than these people in this world, <laughs> you know? Um, but, um, yeah. And, 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 you know, when I go back and forth, like, you know, when they've talked to my husband about like, what would you do? Like, if you were the, the killer, like my husband's like, well, you know, we, we'd put a bullet right through his head. Like he's Italian, you know, and, um, I'm very, um, I don't know. It's like, I, I like to live my life that I'm this like, forgiving like person. I mean, I know it sounds crazy, but like, I just, it's just so much that I've learned and what I've done with my own program and my own, you know, self reflection or, um, I, I don't, I don't know. I've, I've, I've flip flopped how I feel about like, if I were to meet her killer or, I mean, I so badly, desperately wanted, you know, to meet this person that was in prison that they said was a suspect. Um, and, you know, I don't know. I don't know that I have an answer. <laughs> Am I making any sense? Like, um, no, no, yeah, absolutely. I, I'm sorry that you have to, that those are things that are realities that you have to think about, right? There are so many yeah. of us that don't, th thank goodness, right, have to ever worry about that. But unfortunately, there are so many out there that do, that want mm -hmm. the answers to those questions. Sherilyn and I, we encounter them frequently and we I know bet. about them. It's just, it's really tough. It's a rough road to hoe, you know? You um, guys are so compassionate. I wondered what you thought. <laughs> Thanks. I wondered what you thought, what Jody would be like, what, what she would do if the roles were reversed, if you were the one sitting in that car in Baltimore back in 1996, what would Jody have done? I feel like she would have done the same. I really do. I feel, I feel like she yeah. definitely would have done the same, any, anything and everything. Absolutely. Yeah. That's an interesting, yeah. you guys, I love the, I, 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 nobody's ever asked me that. Yeah, I, I definitely do. I mean, she was, I mean, I remember I told you, she, I mean, she, she, her heart, I mean, she, she had so many struggles as well, you know, in inside and like her anxiety and, and she was like drinking to like calm her anxiety down. And then it would just, you know, it just spiraled it. And, uh, yep. but she was just the yeah. kindest person. I mean, she was definitely more outgoing. I mean, she was the one that made me feel strong, you know, safe when I was with her. And, um, I mean, she was waitressing and I remember, you know, this waitress telling me this older lady that she worked with, she was saying, yeah, I told Jody, she liked her shirt and she's like, do you want it? Like she was going to like, give it to her. Like she, she, I mean, she just was such a, such a nice person. Oh like she gosh. just had this smile, like our dad called her our sunbeam, you know, she just, she just like glowed, you know, and she just, um, it was sad to see her struggle so much, you know, it was like watching her and my dad, you know, watching that and right. seeing it, you know, on the outside yeah. is, but yeah, I think she would have gone I, through it. Go I have through to say anything. though, like, during this conversation, during this conversation that we've had, it's been almost two hours. I have to say there have been uh -huh. 
I mean, we're talking about a sad story. We're talking about uh, multiple levels of tragedy here, right? But I have to say that there are just little moments of those little sunbeams. I have, uh, like, your, the, your dad knowing as an alcoholic himself and watching his daughters struggle with that. With that, and now I'm, I'm, I come at it from that. P- perspective as a dad of five children with children with struggles, right? I I just think it's such a beautiful, beautiful thing how, while maybe it was messy and maybe there were mistakes, but the intention to help his girls overcome the struggle that he had had all the same years, that is a beautiful and inspiring part of the story. Yeah. The, um, you know the where when you were talking about being out in California and living with a boyfriend who had an addiction and wanting to help him and wanting to fix him and wanting to do all those things that that is a little ray of sun right that there are just little pieces of beauty in this whole story and wow. it just is a reminder to me that like mostly the world is good like mostly we have this real yes. tragedy here man and I'm, I'm not denying it right but and and then thinking about your husband and you uh, reconciling during the process of your divorce is a beautiful facet yeah. to this diamond that is being cut in this story, oh. right? It's just it's just beautiful. I've really I feel blessed for having had this conversation. Your oh, inspiration. Me too. So do I. Yeah, absolutely. I love you guys. How did you guys meet? We love you. How did you guys? <laughs> We're. How did we meet uh, on a case? On a case. Yeah, it was on a case. That's awesome. Yeah, we, uh, we went we out and a... met. We we went out and met a family that we have been working with, trying to help. And uh, we decided we were both going to go out and meet them together and meet each other at the same time. And it was it was awesome. That's one. I mean, again, devastating. We meet all of these wonderful people. Yeah. And constantly reminding ourselves that we're, we're the reason that we're meeting is because of this tragedy and injustice yes. and devastation and it's it's hard but in the same sense I'm so thankful to yes. be able we, to speak with people we like had a you and try we to do what there. we can. When we were out visiting that family, and I, I, I want to respect their privacy, but we had there was this moment where we were in their living room. It was late at night. We had spent a long day together, and we were just hashing things through. And one of the family members who's very, very controlled, very controlled, had like an eight-second moment that was just an outburst. He just couldn't take it in that moment. And he, and he let another person in the room have it for like a split second. And, and I keep using the word beautiful, but like what a raw human moment and watching the person who was the recipient of that, that outburst that was uncharacteristic of this person having compassion and grace and being okay that that happened. Yeah. Just understand it because it's just like, you know, all that pressure and, um, yeah, Gavin and I were there for that moment, and yeah, it uh, it was tough. But it it it's those moments that you need um, to remind yourself, like this is their everyday life, and yeah, it, that was uh, that was it was that was heavy. 
Wow, I can imagine. Yeah. Like it just, yeah. I know, I feel like I, I've had moments of, I, I, I felt that when you shared that, like just, yeah. Like it's like you've just, and you don't even know what to, you know, you don't know when it's going to be or yeah, yeah, it's, it's, Mm -hmm. it it can, it it just, it comes and it's okay to have, like, I just hope you know that those are okay. You know, I feel, you know, so many times I've wanted to reach through the screen of this interview and that's why I don't like doing this remote. I wish that Gavin and I lived closer, had a studio, were able to fly you guys out here because I've wanted to come and hold your hands and hug you because you know, you're, you are so wonderful and, and you, 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 I, I hope that you don't, um, I hope you're not too hard on yourself. Like you are an amazing. I honestly think I, I having not even known Jody, if if I were Jody, I would be so proud of you and honored to have you as my sister and, and have you fighting this hard. And it's okay to take these moments and step back and focus on you and your family. And I'm so glad that you're doing that. Mm-hmm. And all you can do is just is 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 keep her memory alive. Mm-hmm. You know, don't you know, don't don't stop sharing, but don't um don't like your husband said don't don't, don't let sight. the bullet that killed her mm. yeah don't you know that was yeah that was fun we'll do everything that we can oh you guys are wonderful oh my gosh so if i can turn my attention to viewers and listeners listen go to my website if you know anything if you have any any anything that you think you know about this website you can anonymously give it to us we don't track IP addresses. We don't do anything like that. You can just give it to us, and we will get it over to Jenny. Just uh, I, there are there are people out there that know, and there are people that yeah. have access to some things, and hopefully we can. And I think that's where we leave it. I think that's so important. Yeah, I think that's I think that's where we we leave it, so that everybody is on that message of the importance of, um, like we said, <laughs> somebody knows something, and guess what. A hundred thousand dollars is a, that's life changing, man. uh, Seriously. Gosh, I know. I know. A send off. Yeah. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) You guys are, you guys are really great. You cheered me up. I woke up in a bad space Mm -hmm. and, um, just, you know, and, uh, I was very grateful, but I just woke up feeling that. <laughs> we are oh, grateful. Yeah, Thank you so much good. for being too. being here. You're amazing. Oh, you guys are too. Yeah, thanks oh for watching, God. everybody. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you on the next one. Let's jump into Peppa's world of play. Look for spring flowers. Hunt for muddy puddles and bravely explore exciting places with Peppa play sets. Peppa Pig. Inspiring kid confidence.